Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 64 of Home Ice Advantage. We're going to mix this episode up a little bit. Clearly, uh, we're starting off with me introducing it rather than Wesley. And I'm going to try to do a little bit of a different show today. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about the game, just a little bit, and then dive into something I've been thinking about for, honestly, since the Boston series. So Wesley, initial thoughts from game two. Hurricanes defeat the Rangers 2-0. Yeah, I thought it was a good game. I think the Hurricanes really blew so many years of Eric Stoltz being able to shut down the best players in the world on home ice. Um, I like that Ronta got the first star, but I didn't think I mean, he had a couple good saves, but it was nothing crazy. And I think we have back-to-back games where Tony D'Angelo didn't look great. Yeah. It's, it's interesting you bring up the Tony thing, because in my, in my head, Tony would want to go apeshit against the Rangers, and not really. Like, he, he was much more effective in Boston, and to be fair, it's a small sample size so far. But... I think it's, it's not the same. I think it's, it was more wide open against Boston, which is where he's going to play, right? And I think I think he's been fine. I may, you know, I don't think he's been a disaster. But when you're not scoring on the power play, which I don't think is his fault, I think he's looked good on the power play. And when you aren't, you know, creating these transition plays, which is what we do, um, but it's not happening because it's such a tight game out there right now. I think he's been fine, but I don't think this is his, like, series. Yeah. You know? I'm starting to think, like, all these games. Part of, part of me wonders if we'll get one more game where the Rangers have last change and MSG, and they'll see what they can squeak out. And if that doesn't work, I think they're just going to start flying at us. <clears throat> the uh, the interesting thing here, I think you're right. This, just, this is a Jacob Slavin series. This is two of the best defenses in the league going against one another and tony i mean tony you know is a defenseman but he's a goal scorer he's a point generator he creates offense and that's just not there's not gonna be a lot of that in the series no and i think there's still i mean he's still there are there are he's been a lot better on the boards than he was at the beginning of the year and he's such a good passer and his vision is so good that he's like i said i, I think he's been fine but you normally take you're normally getting five opportunities at and that doesn't mean they become grade a chances but you're getting five opportunities at creating a grade a chance with a player like tony d'angelo and maybe one or two the other way but you'll take the plus three especially when you pair him with slavin yeah but when it's but now you're it's probably a wash. He's probably giving you one and he's given up one or two. He's probably giving you one or two, you know what I mean? So it's also we, we talked about it at uh for game one when Sebastian got that um I mean it was just a labor intensive goal he he scored. And he got the empty netter um tonight. So I'm just really, really hoping, like extra super praying to all of the hockey gods hoping that this helps him get back to his game. I mean, I think he's was better last night 
in the sense that, like, what we're going to need from him is that we're going to need that line and we're going to need the Trocheck line to be able to handle those to Benajad line. That's what this is going to come down to over the next few games. I, I believe Ajo now is like tied for first for points and assists in the playoffs and second in goals. Yeah, let's not let's not jump ahead. There's a whole thing based around all that. Don't worry about it. But I um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we've played poorly. I think like I, I um <clears throat> something I like to do is watch the other teams post game. And uh, like, Glantz more or less happy with how things have gone. He's like, "Yeah, we gave up really three goals in two games. It's really good. Like, they're very good. We're very good. This is how we're gonna play." So I, I don't know. Like, I, I do think you're doing a good job of like shop blocking. This kind of circles back to, and I talked about this earlier, where it felt like Pesci and Slavin had really, like, specifically Pesci. It felt like Pesci was fine in the regular season, but wasn't, like, great. Um, but in the playoffs, he's been great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he took a puck to the face last night. like Yeah, and didn't leave the ice. No, played on. Yeah. He's been great. I I wonder if like they've or if specifically he, but I think to some degree Slavin as well, if they've reached the like, okay, I can do eighty percent of most of my shifts or ninety percent, and I don't have to kill myself in February, and then I'll I'll be a hundred percent, and that's a really fucking good hockey player come playoff time. And uh, we're we're. We're going to go really short on these on uh, game two and then talk shortly on what we want to see in game three. Um, so in my head, I would really, really love for Sebastian Ajo to get two goals for the obvious fact of I want some franchise records here. I also really want his confidence to be back up. But either I, I, if we win game three, I want us to put uh, Kuchnet, fuck. Coochie, whatever. Listen, speech impediments and Russian names, not a great time. But I, I want to see him in net game four if we somehow squeak out game three. Um, partially just to give Ron to like a moment. Um, and I mean, give the kid a start. Like, if we can afford it, we can afford it. I think that's a terrible take. I mean, okay. No, no. You're definitely Ron Ronta. Um, in One my... thing, too, with your Coach Edkoff screw-up, I realized yesterday listening to the post-game that I was calling Heedle Hurdle, like Tomas Hurdle, who plays for the uh, San Jose Sharks, so I wanted the Canes to get before they extended him. So his last name is Heedle. I, I think I knew knew that, but, like, whatever. I don't care. I mean, let me defend myself on this uh, take then, I guess, and then we'll, 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 you can go in on yours. It's, I'm deathly, and I mean deathly afraid of Ronta tweaking something. And while he has been incredible, and we'll talk more about it later, that's always a possibility. So why not give him a moment when we can? Yeah, I just don't think that makes sense because, A, he's played really well. Um, he gets every other day off. He had that two-day break. He is not particularly taxed in game two. Um, I don't think 
A, that's a ton of bulletin board material as well. Something as a team we try to avoid giving other teams. Um, on that, I saw, I don't remember where it was. It might have been like the athletic roundup of game two. But I'm seeing more and more people say, like, even when Freddie does come back, it's probably Ronta's net. To oh, yeah, it's definitely Ronta's net. Um, so, yeah, I just don't think that makes any sense. Because you, you could, in theory, say that about everybody, right? Like, well, in game four, you should probably just walk back Ajo's menace because if he gets hurt, woo-wee, the Canes are in trouble, right? Well, Or, or something like Trocek is a guy who, who gets injured from time to time. He should just not play. If we like, I don't think that makes sense. I, like, I when get it comes this to the playoffs, a, you're going to run it. I get this isn't a direct comparison, but imagine if you're Nashville and you try to arrest Soros, Soros before the playoffs. Guess what? You probably wouldn't have been fucking swept. Well, A, they needed him to play because they weren't locked in until they, they, to be clear on the Soros comp and why that doesn't work is if they had lost those last two games and the, the, he played in one of them. I thought he they clinched, don't, they clinched uh, second before last game. Yeah, he played in that game, rolled his ankle. That got a point in overtime, and that point was the difference. That I apologize. Clinched. I thought he rolled his ankle in game 82, not 81. I apologize. No, no. They, they started um, Connor Ingram, and they got shelled. They scored four in a row in the first 10 minutes and then five unanswered, and the Coyotes won. But I, I just think, like, you could say the same thing. Like, why would the Canes play uh, Freddie against the Avalanche? That's going to be a taxing game. What if he gets hurt? Like, it, it becomes, like, an impossible situation. Like, guys have to play. Okay. That actually happens a lot in baseball, where they'll try to wrap guys in cellophane and yeah. give them these rest days and stuff. Specifically, position players. Obviously, pitchers are different. Well, I've actually seen a lot about how we we might never see a perfect game again because um, coaches are too into uh, resting a player and not wanting to risk it and making sure that they're ready. I mean, we somebody just threw for the Angels threw a no hitter. Like all I'm saying is that if you it becomes impossible. Like, once you get into the, like, we should rest to prevent injury because they're prone, like, it, it just it's an impossible thing because it's just okay. going to happen if it's going to happen. Okay, clearly disagreeing on this, but what, what do you want to see from the team going, well, in game three? I want to see Auntie Ronta start both games in Madison Square Garden. Motherfucker. Um, yeah, like I said, I... So far, the battle has been stall on that first line, which that the stall line has done a very good job. Really, the the Nino Foss like that that line is so good. That line is so so good. It's you know what it reminds me of, and I don't think stall is the same defender that uh, Deneau is, but I think he's better offensively, like a lot better offensively. But it's very much like that line that the the Habs ran last year, where it's just a problem, and you're yeah. walking down people's. And then I I think they've tried both ways with the with um the Strom line with Panarin. They've tried it on the Aho line and on the Trocheck line, and you've been able to kind of not keep him in check, but he hasn't blown by it either, kind of thing. Yeah. So you're just gonna need to see. 
that line will get more of the stall line, I'd imagine, with them having last change. And um, you'll get you'll get more of the you're, you're going to need the Ajo line and the Trocheck line. They're going to figure out which one they have a better chance on, and you're going to need them to rein in that Zbigniew line. The interest, my fight. I mean, this is the obvious point here, but the best part of the Jordan line, so Jordan Nito Faust, is how often do they go out there and the other teams getting their seven minutes of just you know great chance. I shouldn't even say great chances, but there's seven minutes in the zone putting shots on net, and you throw Jordan out there, and they're just gonna board battle them until they're tired and just keep sending it out and negate that advantage. And there's no one I trust more than that line. Like, 100% no one I trust more than that line. Yeah, and reference for the people, because seven minutes is not an exact science or even lingo, is generally speaking, teams trade pushes. Like, once things open up, teams trade pushes. I've My whole life just gone up, here comes their seven minutes, or here's our seven minutes. Uh, of leading on people and to your point the one of my favorite things that Foss does is most guys when they, they they're on a rush they don't have the numbers they'll rim it around and try to get to set up he goes to the boards and yeah, it's no. just like he like drags them to his lair he's it's i love it it's hilarious there's also been multiple times where he i mean not to make the obvious pun here, but he's fast. And he'll do everything in his can to try to negate Ison. Everything in his power. I think all the lines have been good. I think we've reached the point where um, I don't think we'll see Stepan for the rest of the playoffs. I don't think we'll see um, Martinuk for the rest of the playoffs. Mornick's injured, though. I, I think that's confirmed. I heard Rod back. say that he could have played, but isn't 100%. I think Fair Lorenz enough. is your guy here. I, I saw, I think that Stepan was in the warm-ups. I don't think he played. He didn't. Yeah. It's, but I think this is more or less going to be it. And if you get injured, right, you'd like being able to bring up a bear or a um, Chatfield or a, a step on or a, a Martinuk, but I think this is more or less your final form. A hundred percent don't want to bring up Chadfield because on the underside for the people who don't pay attention to the AHL affiliate, which is not a problem, just you know, most fans don't. Chicago is also going on to Bender right now. Chicago is deep in the uh Caldor Cup playoffs right now. I, th- I think something kind of cool playoffs. about it. Do you know who they're playing? No, I actually they're, don't, because they play- just advanced, didn't they? I don't know if they advanced yet. I think they're in the finals, comes finals. Are they playing the Admirals still? I fuck, this is too much. Let me look it up now. Yeah. So what's cool is the Milwaukee Admirals is the minor league affiliate for the Predators, who the Canes and the Preds combined their prospects to play on the Wolves last year. Because of COVID. Yeah, so, so I, they they advanced to the Admirals and they played tonight at 7 p.m. 
I like watching that game. That might game be fun. One. But okay, and this is but I think that's cool that they like because of COVID team together and now a lot of those guys are gonna play against each other. Oh yeah, I mean that's gonna be a good time. I mean that's a Do you know if Askarov is playing? I have no idea. Okay. I'd be interested in that. Askarov is a guy where there were a lot of rumors we were gonna draft him. Dundon goalie didn't draft Admirals. So anyway, yeah, Askarov was the goalie that the Kids were maybe, maybe going to draft. And uh, it was kind of rumored that they might be into it. Uh, Askarov, a, like, Vasilevsky tier uh, goalie prospect. He ends up going one pick early to the Preds at 12. Canes takes that Jarvis with 13. Do that any day of the week. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays. I saw he signed his entry-level contract. I might watch that game. Figure out where we could watch that. Pretty sure it's on the NHL Network. Mm. But, so this is where we're going to pivot into something that we haven't done before, but I really like the idea of, <clears throat> excuse me, um, this these nine games that were into the playoffs have been labor-intensive upon the fans. And I realize that there's a group of 16 guys every night who you know put a lot more into it than we do. But having to deal with Boston fans in the barn. I love that you just absolutely discredited the defensemen and the goalies. They don't do anything but the forwards. I mean, when was the last time Jacob Slavin ever won a game? I feel like Ronta has been out this entire playoffs. So when was the last time we did a thing? <laughs> that's that's called a brain fart. That's not my point. Um, but having Boston in the barn is a pain in the ass. And, I mean, Boston media is just, like, not great. I mean, they're not terrible. They're just not great. They're just mean-spirited people. And now we're facing Rangers, which these past two home games, game one, game two, have perhaps been the largest fights I have ever seen in the building. Um, just from having to deal with Rangers fans chanting. I mean, the ejections in game one got so out of hand that in game two, there was all this signage about... Um, the fans' code of conduct and during um, TV timeouts and intermissions, they would put a QR code up on the Jumbotron. Hey, if someone's acting out of hand, let us know. We'll be there immediately. So this is, it's clearly not been great. It's its not, it's a chore to have to deal with this, but I mean, we're always going to cheer on our team. It's funny. We I really met like the essence of the Rangers fans that we all hate in game two who sat in front of me. And he was there with a friend who seemed like again, I actually like to come and like cheer for your team and like do your chance and be about it. Don't that doesn't bother me. Like that, like we both paid the same price for a ticket. Like it is what it is. Mine were probably cheaper because I'm a season ticket member. Like hold that L. But other than that, like <laughs> uh, other than that, like it just is what it is. But what people don't like is the the basically it's just like wall the south. And people like the, the the Rangers suck. Like they're a bad franchise. So like to come in and be like assholes about it is literally just being like, "Well, I'm here to ruin your day." So the guy sitting in front of me literally had a mall kiosk C Kreider twenty T shirt. So literally a mall kiosk shirt like custom letters and stuff. 
was awful the whole time until the Kane scored and then wouldn't be heard from again. Um, was convinced of multiple things like the Rangers won the Cup in 96, 97. The Giants won back-to-back Super Bowls. Uh, well, the, don't forget the Hurricanes lost five Stanley Cup finals. We just can't get it done with chokers. I was, we that lost was a good one. five Stanley Cup finals. Um, Colin caught him pulling up the team Wikipedia. Um, just, but that's who those people are, right? That guy was that guy was going to come, and if the Rangers had won, he would have been unbearable the whole night. Clearly, doesn't know a goddamn thing about the team, and that doesn't mean you can't come and have a good time. But that guy, that guy's good time was not. I hope the Rangers win yeah. so I can have a good time. That guy was like, I hope the Canes lose so I can be a dickhead. That part, it, don't come in just to be a dick. Like that's not. Yeah, that won't be accepted. So, um, he, I knew what we were in for because I saw the shirt and I was like, well, maybe he makes his own shirts. That's like not a huge deal. And then he was there with his buddy, who was a totally like normal, fine group of fans. The people to my right were as a family of Rangers fans. Cheered their team on. There wasn't any fuck Carolina or any of that, right? Whatever. But that guy looks to his buddy. We're, we're going to call him the, the kiosk guy. Kiosk looks at his buddy and goes, did we beat the Penguins or the Bruins last round? Bro, why are you here? But I want to do a Good Vibes Only podcast. So this has been nine intense games. Of now games. that we were just hyper negative about those Rangers fans, let's 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 get let's get to the positive <laughs> that part. Positive vibes only. New York Rangers fans and New York media, absolutely terrible, complete garbage. Like what the fuck, slanderous lies. Worse than Boston for sure. Definitely worse. Honestly, probably worse than the league. And I should remove probably worse than the league. Um, which is actually amazing. That's, sorry, that's, I'm going to get off side. I'm going to get sidetracked. But I want to do a thing which is just good vibes only, which is something we do at games. I recently found out. I thought this was a wrestler creation from like three years ago. It turns out he just stole this from Big Cat from Barstool. So and that's a thing. But good vibes only is just stay positive. Positive not, vibes only. I mean, it's the synonyms. What are you doing? What are you, an English teacher? You're, you're right, you're right, you're right. Positive vibes Good only. vibes only. What are we doing? Well, hold on, hold on. Positive vibes only. So good vibes only. Positive um, vibes only. You know, it's not very positive of you. I'm positively sure you can do this, though. Continue, bud. Oh, my God. Anyways, so I want to go over some stats from this playoff run so far, these nine games. Um achievements of the team and individual players that no matter what you should feel good about. And I mean, we have a two hour series lead. It's far from over, but this is your reward from having to deal with Boston fans and Rangers fans over the past nine games. So the first one we've got here is the man himself, Rod the Bod. Rod is the first coach in franchise history to make the playoffs four consecutive years in a row. That's also the first time since 1986 it's happened in the league. It was really, really hard to track down confirmation on that. But I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure. I'm like, again, 96% sure. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Auntie Ranta got his first career shutout in the postseason last night. He has only allowed one goal on the past 50 shots on net. It's pretty good. That's a sports jinx. 
That's not a sports jinx. Continue. Oh, my God. This is the first time in franchise history that two defensemen have gotten the game-winning goal in two consecutive games, which is just a weird stat. That was one of the stats we would get um, when we were bad, and they would just try to like give us something to feel good about. But I'm still here for it because good vibes. That's, only. that's a that's a like that's a real baseball stat, you know. Yeah. Like that's positive vibes. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. The Carolina Hurricanes are undefeated in PNC so far this playoffs, which is not easy to do, and will probably end. But uh, being six and zero at home this postseason is a franchise record. We've never done that before. Seth Jarvis is the youngest player left in the playoffs. I think he leads all rookie point getters as, as well. He doubles everyone else. Everyone else is at like two or three, and he's at six. Seth Jarvis is having a great season or great postseason. Jacob Slavin. And this one I really, really like, actually. Jacob Slavin is tied for second in the league on plus minus at plus 10. You know, the only person that's the playoffs, beating... right? Yeah, that's the playoffs. All of this is playoff stats. Do you know the only person who's beating him? Is it Connor McDavid? It is the one and only generational talent that is Connor McDavid. And if, if, if Jacob's only losing to Connor McDavid, who's having to carry his team. Uh, against Calgary, who just apparently can score it well. I'm fine with that. Like, if, if I'm fine with it, then you know we're we're really known for our faceoffs, um, especially Jordan Stahl. Uh, there was almost no one I'd rather have in the dot than uh, than the captain. Jordan Stahl has the highest faceoff percentage of any player left in the playoffs at sixty one point three six. As a team, we're second in the league for any active team in the dot. I like 51 point, I think 51.9, which is actually kind of atrocious that that's second, but whatever. Auntie Ranta is tied. I'm sorry, it's not tied. He is just second in goals allowed average at 1.83, which, I, I mean, that's really good. Uh, he has only allowed... 13 goals and a percentage of 9.39. Again, that's really good. So the save percentage is 0.939, right? Yeah. And Sebastian Ajo, and we, we touched on this earlier, is on the cusp of breaking multiple franchise scoring records. Uh, he's currently tied for points with Eric Stahl. He's tied for assists, I believe, also with Eric Stahl. And he is down, he's tied for second on goals with Rod Brindamore, only one goal below Eric Stahl. So if he pops off in game, two, uh, in game three or game four and has a two-goal night, that man takes multiple franchise records in one swing. Pretty exciting. A, a little, little happy. Though. I noticed on that list he did not include Max Domi's uh, first playoff goal which came in game seven. I also, this is me being a little bit of a stickler. Technically, Broad hasn't made it to the second round in four years. No, not second round. No, just the playoffs. But I've seen that staff floated around. Like, 
That oh, Ranger yeah, series no. was a plan. Yeah, wow. that that's a rough one. We have had two rounds of playoff of postseason play since he became coach. How about that? Does that work? That's another baseball stat for you right there. There we go. Let's settle work around. Actually, I have two more, and then you can uh, critique my list. Um, in six games against the New York Rangers this year, Sebastian Alonjo has five goals and five assists. That is the uh, pretty good. Yeah, I then, loved him nutmegging uh, Adam Fox though for the game winner. I mean, damn Adam! There was this Rangers fan like four rows up from us who every time Adam Fox like I don't know pivoted on his skates, this guy would act as if it was Gordy Howe in the flesh, Wayne Gretzky in his office, like Adam Fox, like dude, he hasn't done anything. What are, you, what are you cheering for? Overpaid. Like, come on, man. Um, but the final one I have is this is just from game three, and I just find it to be hilarious. The Canes had five shorthanded shot attempts, while the Rangers only had three shot attempts through eight minutes of power play time in game three. We had more shots shorthanded. Oh, game two. Yeah, we had more shots shorthanded than they had on the power play. I, you know, I feel like we do that, and they have a very good power play, but I feel like we do that from time to time still. But that's just the thing we're capable of. But the, the whole point of the segment was, uh, you know, enjoy this. Stop getting bogged down with Rangers fans being kind of shitty. And by kind of, I mean super. Don't get bogged down by Bud Light trying to sell the fucking dog piss of a beer. Like, who cares, man? Have fun with this. Yeah, the Bud Light thing continues to just be a forever L. Oh, yeah, that was a hard one. Something I love is I was actually, I I read through a lot of, like, the replies and stuff on that. And uh, there was a lot of replies from, like, people in media, like, like, social media managers who, like, wow, Whoever runs the Kane social media team needs to be fired. Imagine disrespecting a sponsor like that. And it was, I looked into it. They're all from New York. So it's clearly just some Rangers fan who's like, ha, ha, ha. But at the end of the day, first of all, no, this is like our brand. We do this. And also, if anything, the guy, whoever runs the Bud Light account really messed up here. They torn an entire fan base against their beer. Yeah, I, I feel... And first, I don't think Bud Light is a sponsor. I think R and D is the sponsor. No, I mean, yeah, we have a con- we have a vendor contract with them. I-, I apologize, you're right. Yeah, who gives a fuck about that? And and to me, like you said, the Bud Light people who obviously don't give a fuck went all right. There's seven million people that live in New York City. There's five hundred thousand, maybe something like that less than a million easy that live in Raleigh. Here you go, Rangers fans. Here's a promotion. So then the Canes, like you said, they're going to do this because they're prickly. Like, it's fucking water. So to me, like, again, it's just ad people being shitty, right? People don't like when they get burnt. But to me, like, oh, what the Canes actually did is created a tremendous opportunity to both, like, A, it was a fun viral moment. B, it gave R&D an, an opportunity in the sun and they made that donation in the water community organization or whatever. Like, 
So, like, here's the Canes absolutely teeing up an opportunity for one of their sponsors, which I'm sure their sponsors are pretty fucking happy with. Yeah, it's so. you know who took the biggest W on that situation? R&D Brewing. Like, yeah. I love. I I, I didn't I didn't say it because it was like I I like noticed it like too late, and he, but like I saw a Rangers fan buying Storm Brew. I should have been like, hey, bud, the line for Bud Light's over there. It just, like, pointed to the concourse. I 100% know they won't do it. But, you know, it would be amazing if team president and still somehow general manager of the arena. So, uh, somehow still general manager of the arena, Don Waddell, came out in the He was like, we just want everyone to know. Uh, we have increased our water options, but we'll no longer carry Bud Light in this arena. Have a great day. I know that didn't happen because, you know, they host 100,000 events per year at the arena and 43 of them on average, 43, 41 of them on average are Hurricanes games. So they're not going to do it, but I really, really like that. Yeah, whatever. People are like, uh, people are whatever about that stuff. It's been fun. I liked your your gimmick here of just, you're right. There there is such a... uh, like when you're dealing with dickheads, there is like it is just different. Like I felt like there were as many Nashville fans as Bruins fans last year, um, and I didn't leave that game. Like man, fuck Predators fans, right? And there are a ton of Rangers fans this year, but like I don't remember having these issues with Tampa, who had every reason to be as cocky as humanly possible, right? It's just like I, I like this segment. This was good, positive vibes only. Yeah, let's let's turn the temperature down a little bit. Still cheer for the team. Let's not go for people's votes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Um, we'll see. I don't. I, honest opinion. I think the Rangers will win Game Three, and then Game Four becomes very, very big for the Canes. Yeah. yeah. Or. Maybe I mean they could theoretically win Game Three. My fear is if they let it fly and they're just going to start running at people and they're going to let Shosturkin Shosturkin. That spooks me more than playing this way, and I don't know if they're willing to go down playing this tight checking heavy defense game. Or if they're just going to be like, we're going to fly and we're going to let Shesterkin uh, goalie people. And he either will or won't. And it is what it is. Yeah. So Although, that part concerns me. Doesn't it kind of feel like we just flipped the script on the Rangers in game two? So the Rangers score in game one and they they kind of park the bus. And they're like, well, fuck it. You're not going to score on us. Let's get it going. And it almost worked if it wasn't for... Also putting in work with like two thirty left or something like that, it could have worked. And then in game two, we did literally that exact same thing to them. Um, Smith gets the shorthand, or and I mean we we had offensive pushes, but like ten minutes left in the third, parked the fucking bus. We'll be fine, and we ran it. Yeah, I mean that was a heartbreaking loss for them in game one, so. Yeah, no. I mean, that's just a disappointing loss because the things they could have done with it, but 
I mean, that Kako, I, I thought Kapo Kako looked like shit. Like, I think he is shook right now. I see it. Yeah, I can see it. And we're starting to get to the point where Gland is like, you know, Lafreniere had the puck in the slot and passed it, and if it had connected, it was a guaranteed goal, but I'd like to see him shoot that. We're starting to see where, like, it's in people's heads to the point where the coach is going to talk about it in the media. So, I mean, he already is, but that's not my point. Um, You got anything else? No, that'll do, Pig. Okay, then we'll see you guys after game three in MSG. Yep. Go Kings.